Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about all the many ways that you can make your fundraising event better. And today, because it's getting warmer, we are going to talk about golf. One of my favorites. Wishing that it gets warmer. Wishing that it gets <laughs> Wish, warmer. Well, we're willing it to get warmer. You know, in Colorado, it can get warmer and you get super excited and then you get a hailstorm or you get some snow or something like that. And then it just really depresses you for a few days, especially because they close the, the course or the driving range or something. So anyway, no, we're, we're entering that golf season. And we know a lot of you out there are planning a golf fundraiser. And so we wanted to bring a special guest on today, somebody who's an expert in how to run golf fundraisers. So we'd like to introduce Logan Foote from Golf Status. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Golf Status does, and then we can dive into some of the questions that we've gotten about golf tournaments. So Golf Status is a golf technology company. We specialize in the golf fundraiser specifically. The golf event is, is unique, and our technology handles all those golf-specific tasks that you know general event software really struggles with. So really saves organizers a ton of time, and then we also have some really cool built-in areas where our events can really leverage those areas to sell sponsorships and just make the event as fun as possible while raising as much money as possible. Yeah, and you know, I love that part, raising as much money as possible, because we've had experience with golf status, and it's absolutely true that everything from automating the registration to helping you drive sponsorship revenue to automating how your guests are scoring to the, you know, the leaderboard at the end, all that kind of stuff is automated, and it absolutely makes a huge difference. So it was, uh, it was fun to use your software at a tournament I was at, so I totally understand you know, what the benefit is to you know, anybody listening on the call. You know, if you're looking for ways to – there's you know, kind of two things you can do to make your event better, right? One is that you, know, you can do what we call the aspirin, right? You can eliminate the headaches, you know, some of the stuff around, you know, like you were mentioning before, like you know, who's coming to my event? Did they pay? Did they not pay? How do I make it easy for them to pay? All the way down to you know, how do I get all those scores at the end? I remember I ran a golf tournament with my sister for, gosh, at least 11 years. And I remember one year, the pro, you know, the pro, I, I don't know, they go to handwriting class or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yep. ha- drawing those straight lines. Oh, my God. It's like they, they put this gorgeous leaderboard up, and then the guy sat there with this Sharpie marker, yes. and he just drew the most beautiful scores. And then his marker ran out. And then, like, everything stops as they're looking for another marker. Right. So that that just kind of tells you that te- technology has some benefits to you on the backside of this also. But anyway, Logan, why don't you talk a little bit about the, what we were kind of you know mentioning before we started the podcast, just in general with golf tournaments, like what do you see? How do you guys help for people that are diving into this for the first time? They're probably overwhelmed. And and we talked about, you know, the benefit of having expert advice or someone to kind of hold your hand along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Always look for those subject matter experts, especially when you're a first timer and you kind of you don't know where to start. And with a golf event, you know, first thing you always want to do, when do I want to do this? Do I want to do this in the spring, summer, fall? Obviously those are the the peak seasons. If you live down south, 
You can really do it any time of year. And then find your golf course. Who has availability? Who can really accommodate my needs? Public course, private course. Obviously, a private course, you're probably going to be limited to usually those. They reserve Mondays for their outside outings. They're going to be a little more expensive, but that could also be a nice draw to get people to sign up. Public course will be a little cheaper, and you'll probably have a little more options with in terms of availability, what day of the week you want to do. Then from there, I always emphasize you know taking really utilizing technology as much as possible. Move registration online. That's going to save you so much time, make it easier to promote, drive everyone who's interested in the event. So if they want to play, if they want to sponsor, if they just want to donate, you know, send them all to the same place. That just streamlines your promotion. And you know, having the ability to take not only registrations online, but payments is, is so important. We have, we have a course we work with, one of the many, one of their inside events, they took registration online for the first time for one of their biggest events, and the pro came back to us and he said, this is the first year I've had everyone who signed up actually show up to the event because, well, you had them pay when they signed up. So <laughs> when people pay ahead of time, funny how that works, it actually commits it's them to the event. Skin in the game, <laughs> right? So Absolutely. That's, that is such a huge key, not only to save you time, but just ensure everything runs smoothly, and you're probably more than likely to have everyone show up when they're supposed to show up. Yeah, well, and if they don't, at least you got their money. You got their money, and that's what we're all here for, right? It saves you so much time, and then I always tell people it allows you to focus on the event day of actually having a fun day, you know, raising as much money as possible, really connecting with the people. So you can focus on what matters most the day of the event instead of worrying about all the, you know, little logistical details and whatnot or making sure everyone's paid up. So it just allows you to focus on, you know, the fun and connecting people and stewarding folks forward. So utilizing that technology for online registration, for the scoring. You know, it's funny you mentioned the calligraphy leaderboards. They are they are cool, but oh, they're so time consuming. Oh and, man. Um, All those early finishers who are standing around waiting and watching exactly. and it's this awkward moment of, of people just waiting for the scores to be posted. There there are only so many things you could do after the event to stall until you can finally yes. announce winners. <laughs> just, just let technology do that for you. I know that's pretty. That's a, that's a pretty important part, and and I think what you mentioned earlier, you know, as we kind of dive through the stages of this, mm-hmm. finding that venue or the golf course along with the date, that can be a little bit of a ping pong match. I would imagine sometimes, yeah. right? Like you're looking for a target time of the year or date, and then you look for a set of courses and you try to line those up and match, and they don't always work well. But mm-hmm. I think you ultimately, you know, once you land on something. I would think the next thing, though, you have to consider would be what the course is going to charge you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So people always come to us, too, is like, how do I start? Do I just call the golf course? And like, yeah, absolutely. Even just pull up Google Maps and type in golf courses in your area, and they'll all pop up. And especially at the private clubs, a lot of them will have people dedicated to, you know, talking events with you. Yeah. They're, they're, one of their main jobs is, you know, booking events for the golf course. And there are so many courses out there that... You know, if they're not full up of events, they're trying to fill that events calendar. I mean, golf courses make a ton of money on a yearly basis from their outside outings. So they, they want to talk to you. Some of them may not work for you, and that's okay. So, But just come up with a list of here's some here's courses in my area. I know when I want to have this event. Let's just see what their availability is. And then once you've got that pinned down, they'll have a cost per golfer that they'll they'll charge you. And then from there, you just have to ask yourself, well, how much do I want to make per golfer? And then there's your pricing for golfer registration right there so that's really the the easy part and then from there you can get into the you know the list of you know sponsorship levels you want to try and attract and sell and do you help them with that i mean and i'll i'll be honest with you like when we did our golf tournament you know 
the the revenue per golfer or the or the I would say the profit per golfer that was pretty easy to figure out because it was a balance between what's the course going to charge and that would typically include all the greens fees the carts plus some sort of breakfast or lunch or you know whatever it might right. be there there was some food included that was usually spanned a guy, like uh, two meals let's just mm-hmm. breakfast burritos if you went off early and then a lunch when they all came in or something like that so with all of that included then it was like okay so say that's $200 or $250 a golfer so i know my cost is going to be 1000 a force and what do i what can i charge what do i think my audience will pay and then if i'm not making enough money on that then what are my other options? And so a couple questions for you on that. One, is there, I, I know there's probably, the answer is yes, but are, are there too many people you can invite to a golf tournament or are there too few? So what, what's that, like, that range of golfers that you're looking for to make it profitable but also not an eight-hour round of golf? Exactly. Well, most 18-hole facilities will top out at 144 golfers, which is 36 four-person teams. So that's typically your your max. Now, you know, if you, I don't think you can invite, invite too many because if you sell out, you know, if you use something like golf status, you can have a wait list sign up so people can sign up even if you're sold out and just to get on the wait list. That's a Very wonderful cool. problem yeah. to have. So I wouldn't worry about inviting too much, especially if it's your first year. It, it, it's unlikely you'll sell it out. If you do, more power to you. <laughs> you probably should have been doing this a lot sooner. But don't be afraid to invite too many. You know, get the word out there as, to as many people as possible. But another nice trick I see a lot of events do is like, well, I'm going to include team registrations in my sponsorship packages that are, you know, higher than, you know, whatever amount. And then you can kill two birds with one stone and get a sponsor for the event and you can get a team signed up. We just had one of our larger events for their title sponsor. They include four teams with that. So that gives the sponsor a ton of value, which is something they typically look for. Not only they're getting exposure at your golf tournament. They're getting kind of linked to a nice charitable cause, but then they also get to send people out, whether it's for client entertainment or just employee appreciation. So that's a great way to drive both sponsorships and golfers to the event as well. So what kind of sponsorships do you guys typically either recommend or see in your golf tournaments? Yeah, so you know, I'd say the most common one is you got that typical hole sponsor where they get a sign on the on the tee box. Unique to our platform is what we call the technology sponsorship. It's basically a sponsor gets exposure in all of the big areas within our platform. So this sponsor, they'll get their home their their sponsor logo on the homepage of the event website next to your charitable organization's logo. They'll get their logo within the scoring app on every single hole. They'll get their logo on the custom printed scorecards, the cart signs that identify which golfer is on that specific cart. And then they can have their logo on every live leaderboard throughout the day. So that includes the in-app live leaderboard, the event site live leaderboard. So the event websites we create for our tournaments have a page dedicated to the leaderboard, and their logo will be at the top there. And then we have a leaderboard that we can display on a TV in the clubhouse. And it's amazing seeing, I've been on site at multiple of our events, seeing the golfers flock to that leaderboard throughout the day when they're making the turn coming in for you know a drink or to go to the bathroom. And then also at the end of the event, having your logo there it's something that's going to get viewed just countless amount of times so that's a very popular one with our events we also have a lot of events that do custom pin flag sponsorships as well having the same logo on every pin flag throughout the day obviously everyone's looking at the pin flag the entire hole so that's something that's going to get a lot of exposure and then that's also a cool keepsake the the tournament can give to the sponsor kind of at the end of the event we usually Mm -hmm. see them 
take one or two, go get them framed or something, kind of like what you see behind me. Who who doesn't have a, a framed golf flag in their man cave or their office or something? That's something that they'll hold on to for, for years. But really anything that you can put a logo on, you can probably sell a sponsorship for. So I always tell people, don't be afraid to think creatively. There's so many options out there in terms of what you can brand for, for sponsors, whether it be towels, pin flags, even custom tee box markers or something that I've seen recently a lot. There's even companies that will make, so there's inserts in the actual hole that golf courses put in there. You can put a logo on that as well. So every time someone picks their ball out of the hole, they're going to see your logo there. Logan, it's about being creative. We can promote sponsors with their logos, but what are some ways that you've seen organizations communicate their message and their mission and why golfers are there? Because I think golf, we all recognize how fun and kind of turnkey a golf tournament fundraiser can be but i think it's easy because people are so scattered and they're out and about it's easy for people to miss the reason why they're there so what are some ways that people can communicate the mission and the story behind that to the players and the attendees yeah that's a great question and we talk a lot about building in that cause connection to your event so golfers aren't just having a good time but they know why they're there and that can be a great tool to maximize your fundraising dollars as well some really cool examples i've seen is i know we had a an event supporting it was a military organization supporting military families and whatnot they had a really nice tasteful display behind one of the greens around the tee box of a fallen soldiers like boots and rifle and helmet displayed very nicely uh, to kind of remind people that's why they're there we work with <clears throat> Children's Miracle Network hospitals. I know they've had some kids out at events that are you know, receiving treatments at one of their hospitals that they're raising funds for so they can meet and interact with the golfers. So any way you can bring your mission to the forefront during the day, that'll really stick with people. And then it just, it just attaches them to that mission while they're there. They're like, wow, this is what I'm raising money for. That's, this is fantastic. I want to keep giving. And also really showing golfers what their money's going to, if you can get really specific, that's like, Oh, the money from your registration alone is one golfer went to help provide, you know, 10 meals to someone, to a homeless person in our community or something like that. So if you can equate those dollars that golfers are spending to, you know, what you're actually raising money for, get really specific, that's really powerful too and go a long ways. Yeah, I think that works. You know, for our event, it was for the Foundation for Prada Really Research. And so it was all around research funding for individuals with prader willi syndrome so we would take in one case we would take the t-box signs that we had sold the whole sponsorship to and half of it was the sponsor's logo the other half of it was a photo of a child and a little bit of information about that child so that you got kind of a taste of both but probably the most powerful thing as as difficult as it can be is we would drag my daughter around in a golf cart and so we had a u.s congressman who was also he was a a chairman of a committee as well, and we would take him around to all the foursomes to get photos. Well, we would take my daughter Abby with us, right? In the and so it was me, my daughter, the photographer, and Chairman Ed Royce going around the golf course, and everybody wanted to take photos with Abby. Okay, now they also wanted to take photos, obviously, with the chairman, but mm-hmm. but that was the connection. Mm-hmm. And so it was so funny, it was so powerful that one year she couldn't make it because she had just had back surgery. So the event planner who runs it out in D.C. creates that giant cardboard cutout photo of her. <laughs> <laughs> and we drag that around with that. us every year. Nice because, she would, 
Yeah, she would meet people and remember people, and then you know they there were certain people she always wanted to see on the course, and they got a real personal connection to that. So I would recommend to anybody, it doesn't have to be a children's charity, but any way that your constituents can get connected with the golfers at the course, I think, is a great way to do that. And in, in, in photos is one. You know, I mean, that's a typical thing everybody does at a golf tournament, right? They take a foursome photo. You know, so absolutely, yeah. And as we've had a, you know, most of these events are, are shotgun starts where everyone's starting on a different hole. That way they finish their round at the exact same time. We've had some events be tee time starts where everyone's starting at the same hole, usually hole one, and they're going one after the other. And we've had some events take advantage of that and station their staff or, you know, whoever out on that first tee and take the time between, you know, when they first get there and then when they can actually tee off to educate those people. Like, here's what we're doing today. Here's why we're raising money. Let's take a picture, you know, next to, you know, whatever it is, one of our signs or whatnot. Those kind of photos get posted on social media all the time. So, yeah, any way you can bring your mission, your cause to the golf course that day will really stick out in those folks' minds for sure. So that's good. That's good. And and so let's bounce back real quick and talk about sponsorships for a second. So I'm just doing some math in my head, right? And so I'm I'm trying to figure out how much money am I going to make on this event so my, my brain doesn't work that well without a calculator. So let's just assume that we have 100 golfers, and we're going to sell a $1,500 foursome. We have a $250 golfer's cost. So we're going to make 50000 bucks or whatever on this 500 times 100, right? So looking at that and saying, I want to make 100000 this event, or I'm going to make 200000 it's really going to have to come from these sponsorships, right? So, yeah. So do you help your clients – determine what levels to set these at because we get that question all the time like yeah do a whole sponsorship yeah do a you know whatever a title sponsorship do a food and breakfast sponsorship whatever technology sponsorship is there some guidance that you give them on like where to set those yeah we work with you know thousands of events so we have a lot of examples we can send over we have some resources in our resource library as well with some example you know levels and obviously it's all going to come down to you know, what market you're in and, you know, any connections that you have. But, yeah, generally you want your, your title, your presenting sponsor at the top, and then, you know, working down from there, you know, the whole sponsor is obviously very common, usually a pretty easy sell for any sponsor or company who doesn't want to spend a ton of money but still has, you know, a budget to, to contribute as a sponsor to your event. But then things like the flags, technology sponsor, the beverage cart sponsor is another popular one. I see a towel sponsor a lot. And a lot of cool things about some of these sponsorship packages is you can put them out there, see if someone bites, but you don't have to really fulfill or spend any money on that package unless it's sold. So as long as you know what your you know, deadline date is, you can throw a bunch of packages out there just to see if anyone bites on them. You know, like a towel or a t-shirt sponsor is a popular one. Golf ball sponsor, that's another common one. So I, get, I always tell people, don't be afraid to, you know, go big and, you know, throw a bunch of options out there. As long as you've had kind of those meetings with or found those vendors that you can work with to fulfill these packages in the event they are sold, you can really set yourself up with a nice, you know, sponsorship menu, if you will, and give people a lot of options to contribute to your golf tournament. And we have a lot of vendors that we've worked with that we can connect people with if they are interested in having those different sponsorship options available. Okay. And then as sales are happening, I guess you can always adjust them, you know, if you're not well, seeing for sure. Them, yeah. yeah, you can always that adjust on the fly. It's easy to go in and adjust those pricing. And then another cool way is to kind of 
up the sense of urgency is say we we have this pricing to up to until this date and then it, it'll either go up or it'll go down you know don't be afraid to you know cut people deals if they're if they're willing if they're interested but it's easy to go in and, and adjust those just as long as you know what it's going to cost you from that vendor you kind of know what flexibility you have in that final price point okay and then do you help some clients find the types of manufacturers they need to to, to get their logoed golf ball or their you know, whatever it is they want to create, you know, whether it's a shoe bag or, I mean, I've seen everything, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. We have relationships with a couple of companies out there. Golfballs.com is a big one. They have a ton of different branded merchandise that they, they can provide to events. Most of their sales are done from outside outings, tournaments and whatnot. And so they can quote you on a ton of different options, depending on, you know, what you're looking for or what you're in the market for. So yeah, we can absolutely make those connect. We have examples of you know kind of smaller local tournaments and kind of what those price points look like there, all the way up to you know your large corporate outings and what those prices look like there. So we can give you kind of a, a couple different models, a couple different examples that you can follow and make little adjustments to. But don't be afraid to go out and, and, and try. And I know you've said this before, Jeff. Don't be afraid to fail either. Right. Yeah, just just get out there and, and kind of see what interests people. And also, don't be afraid to accept just in-kind donations from sponsors as well. Maybe they don't have money in their budgets to provide to a sponsorship, but maybe their their business has things they can gift to you, like a golf bag or a sleeve of golf balls, or even the golf course itself if you want to give away a free foursome at, the, at that golf course. That doesn't cost, cost the golf course anything to provide to your event to as a giveaway. or. Uh, I think you should always ask it. for that, shouldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, if I'm spending that kind of money with you, I'm thinking the golf course needs to throw in a foursome for oh. my auction. Absolutely. That, and, and that doesn't cost the golf course anything. I mean, right. they're not going to make the, the green fees on that, but they're going to make money off the, the food and Bev and anything they sell that day to that foursome. So golf courses, more often than not, will be totally open to, to donate. Well, that and they're going to make you rent a cart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. the cart fee. Yeah, they're going to they're get the cart fee as well. So, no, most courses are very open to providing that to your tournament for sure. And that's one of the things that I found about golf tournaments is that it seems to me to be easier – to make that connection with expenses and sponsors. And I remember the the few golf tournaments that, that I put on, we got almost all of our expenses covered by, by sponsorship, whether it's golf balls or logoed shirts. The meals were usually donated. So our, our only real expenses were greens fees, and then that's being covered by the cost per player. Do you see that a lot where companies are – more able to make that connection and sure i'll sponsor xyz expense yeah no absolutely and that's the ideal setup right like you said golfers are going to cover the cost of you know from the golf course by their registration what they're paying and then you have a ton of sponsorships that you know if they buy a sponsor well they're covering the cost of fulfilling that sponsor whether that's signage golf balls shirts hats whatever it may be that's kind of the ideal setup so really the the only skin you have in the game is obviously the time you're spending to put this on and then you know how much you're paying the golf course and you're just hoping obviously you are you know filling up the course enough to the point where you know you're 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 breaking even or even better so that's definitely the ideal setup you're getting the, all your costs covered by those participating or those sponsoring hey so just want to let you know this event is brought to you by handbit Handbit is mobile bidding and auction technology software built by fundraisers for fundraisers. So we're able to help you guys with everything from ticketing and registration to mobile bidding to live auction recording, appeals, you name it. And the nice thing is, is in addition to the software that we're able to provide, 
we have a ton of services we can offer you. If you need help getting everything set up, if you need coaching, if you need just counseling and advice on how to get through your event, if you need someone to show up and make sure that it runs smoothly, these are all the types of services that we offer. So if you want more information about what we do, click on the link below or reach out to us at handbid.com and we'd be happy to talk to you. So let's talk about some other revenue generators then. This is all pre-event stuff, right? We got the tickets, we got the sponsorship, and we've kind of figured that out. Now it's like more day of the event stuff. So it would not, we wouldn't be a mobile bidding company if we didn't talk about making, putting on an auction, auction. right? <laughs> we've talked in a previous episode about, you know, mulligans and closest to the pin and all kinds of fun games you can do at golf tournaments. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. But definitely an auction. And how do you associate an auction with a golf tournament? Or do you associate an auction with a golf tournament? Yeah, maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense. Who knows? You know, auctions and golf tournaments are very popular to be run together in tandem. You know, online auctions obviously work very well, but I've had we have a ton of events where they're they're doing you know live on-site auctions or silent auctions at the actual golf course. So you go in to the clubhouse, you check in, and they've got all their items laid out on on, on tables on display, or they're they're doing everything online. So those things pair very very well together. So if you have if you have the time, you have the staff to, to pull that off. It's definitely definitely worth exploring and you know that's where a great partner like you can step in and kind of help them on that front but those go really well together golfers typically have you know it's a very high-end demographic with a lot of purchasing power so if you can get some really cool items in there that can really even that can add to your event and just again help you raise as much money as possible Jeff, I know you hate paper bid sheets in any auction, <laughs> but especially in a golf tournament yes. auction paper bid sheets are probably the worst way to run an auction. And I know this from experience. I was doing golf tournaments in 2007, 2008, really before mobile bidding was popular or even affordable. And so we had to do the paper bid sheet route. And it was so hard to get people to bid on the auction because they're all out on the golf course. And like you said, until they make the turn, and even then, they weren't coming in to check on those items. So we had to shift to making them come really early in the morning just so they would bid on the auction because we couldn't keep it open. There's all of these logistics involved with paper bid sheets at a silent auction at a golf tournament so it's really good if you use mobile bidding because they can just be on their phones in between holes yep and they stay connected well and guess what their significant other could be bidding in the auction while they're out playing golf and that person could be at home you know yeah we used to call the turn like you do b&b at the turn you bathroom and beer Mm -hmm. right you don't go in a bid so that would have to be bathroom beer and bid and i i think that's not gonna that's not gonna happen so yeah it's it is tough, and you know, the the other challenge with an auction sometimes is you just have to give people enough time too. Mm-hmm. What we've seen that's been an interesting trend, and I would say these are probably more of the higher end tournaments. And then we've implemented this at my charity is to do a gala the night before. Really run your auction there. You can leave it open if you wanted to, or maybe you leave a few items open into the golf tournament. But the gala really is where you're going to bring in, you know, the couples, the spouses, and then. Perhaps, you know, one of those couples is going to play golf the next day. Now, I do have a good friend who said he's done this now for three or four years. And he's like, I got to put some space between those, man. He's like, I got too many hungover golfers showing up on Monday morning. But, you know, in that case, I do think 
that's always been the challenge is how do you give your golfers enough time? How do I get enough items? You know, it's hard because they, they show up, you know, and, and we kind of go through this scenario. If it's a morning golf tournament, right, they show up, maybe they, maybe shotguns at 9 a.m. So they show up at 7, they register, they buy some drawing tickets or whatever, they grab their breakfast burrito, they head to the driving range, you know, and then from the driving range, they're heading right to the, you know, whatever tee they're supposed to be on. And it's like, when do they have time to check out this auction area? And so there's there are strategies around that and where you put the items. And we've done plenty of golf tournaments. And I'll be honest with you, we did one for an NFL football team. And we put the items out on the course. Oh. And it was a really cool – there's certain spots on this course where all these holes kind of, like, merge. Yeah. And so it's just a lot of, like, cart traffic there. Mm-hmm. And we just put up a tent, put the auction items up there. Say, hey, come on in here, grab a drink. So we were handing out, you know, seltzers or waters or whatever and check out some of these auction items. And then let's help you, like, because in some cases, sometimes in a golf tournament, you are standing around. Yeah. Waiting. If you can find those natural bottlenecks in the route of the course where you know people will have a little bit of time between when they hit their next shot. Yeah. I love that idea. And then you said you're handing out drinks. Well, that can turn into a sponsorship opportunity as well. You know, sponsor our auction tent just off of hole four or whatever it may be. Yeah. Hand out drinks. That's a good idea. Come check out the auction item. So that's that's actually something we've seen a lot with tournaments is these little, whether it's experiences or opportunities for you to actually engage with golfers, turn into sponsorship opportunities. And I love having those those items out on the golf course because it's it's a, probably a challenge to keep those auction items top of mind with the golfers. Like you said, once they, they get to the course and get all set up, their mind kind of focuses in on the golf and they're locked in yeah. there. So finding those opportunities where there is some downtime for them to remind them, like, hey, we've got this auction going on and, hey, it's really easy to bid. Just whip out your phone real quick. Yeah, and it you know, weren't necessarily planning on moving a bunch of auction items around a golf course on golf carts, but we did it. And I will tell you what, it was a brilliant idea. It really, idea. it really did pay off. And then obviously, as people are kind of playing through, you 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 bring them back and you kind of get them all set up and in the end. And then, but people had been exposed to enough of the auction, and you had gotten them set up, you know, to a point where you were showing them, hey, here's where all of the rest of these items are. So the next time they're sitting on the tee, waiting to tee off, they can bid on something, and it works. Yep. And by that time, they probably had a few drinks, too, so they might even be a little more generous. There you go. There you go. Um, Good time to drive the golf cart around and sell raffle tickets or drawing tickets or whatever, yes. whatever the legal term tickets is. You have to watch our other podcasts and know which one it should be. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so and the other nice thing is, is when you're using technology like that, you not only are keeping them connected to the auction, but you also get to communicate with them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. You can send them text messages and updates and whatnot, which I think helps. But yeah. Okay, so let's talk about my favorite golf revenue generator, the Mulligan. The Mulligan. So <laughs> I Everyone's need a lot of them. favorite golf revenue generator. I need them, right? So anyway, don't make them too expensive if you're inviting me to your golf tournament because I'm going to buy a lot of them. No, my I'm first golf tournament, I didn't know anything about golf. I still know very little. Yeah. But the golf pro that was working with us to – organized the event he was kind of our event chair he goes you got to sell mulligans and we're like okay well whatever you say how much do we sell them for and i can't remember what it was but people were just forking the cash over and we were like what is this magic right <laughs> exactly yeah and you don't make them too expensive either because then people will buy more so yeah, yeah no you gotta have mulligans available that's that's it. but i think you can have too many well, and so i did i did go to a golf tournament and they had unlimited mulligans and i tell you what like Six hours later, we're still waiting for teams to come in. 
that maybe people were just buying them after every shot. Yeah. That's, well, it that's was the, like the devil kept I, once. The guys in front of us, I think, were doing a little bit of a tin cup because it was near the end of the round, <laughs> and they had like eight or nine mulligans left. And so, you know, oh they're two hundred and fifty yards out, you know, on this par five, and they got a clear water, so they got to clear it like two thirty, and we're just gonna sit here and hit eight shots until we make it on the green, right? So, you can be that it can backfire on you. So That's if you're a gonna, very good point. Yeah, if you're gonna make them, if you're gonna make them unlimited, then they should be fifty bucks each or something like that. Just make the price go up as the round goes on. So by there the time you go. the end of the event, all right, it's five hundred bucks for a mulligan. So yeah. it better be worth it to you. Right. But let's let's talk about all the other stuff because I mean, golf tournaments have a lot of fun things that you can do on them, and I think it can get out of control. But but let's get, take us through kind of the common ones. You know, the closest to the pin or the longest driver. Yeah. What do you see out there? Yeah, you know, all your pin prizes. You know, we have. Some events they'll do a pin prize in every single hole, whether it's longest drive, closest to the pin. We have some fun ones where people will do closest to the tree, so they'll put one off to the side. <laughs> we have a buddy who has a, an event, a memorial tournament for his uncle who passed away. They put a keg on a par three, but it's like way away from the green, so it's closest to the keg. And if you're closest oh, to the keg, cool. you get to keep the keg. And uh, that keg was tapped that night. But so you can do a lot of cool things. But some other popular ones we see is, you know, the air cannon where you can pay yeah. amount of money on the tee box. Instead of hitting a drive, you load your ball into a cannon and fire it down the fairway. That's a popular one. You know, we work with a company called Backswing Golf Events that they'll send out. They have lady professional golfers that work for them. They'll do a couple different games on course where like a beat the pro or a long drive challenge. So you can outdrive their long driver. So those are fun, engaging on-course entertainment type things you can do that also raise money. So golfers are having fun as, as well, and you're, you're raising more money from it too. So those are all very, very popular ones that I, that I see pretty commonly at a lot of our events. I did research after our last podcast. We, Logan, we talked about revenue drivers at several different types of events, and golf tournaments were one. And someone mentioned a golf ball helicopter drop. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Those are... I started Googling away, and that's that's a thing. So explain this one to us. So uh, I believe how it works is basically you will pay money to have a ball be dropped from a helicopter. And I think you can buy multiple balls as well. Mm-hmm. And basically they'll fly a helicopter over the practice green, and they'll just do a big ball drop. And your I believe your ball is, is labeled with it's your like name numbered. or something. Yeah. If it finds a hole, you, you can win something. So there might be different variations of how those go down, but yes, I have heard of those. Just um, thinking of like the I, liabilities. Well, I'm sure the course manager wants a bunch of golf balls dropped from a helicopter on his green. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a hailstorm, yes. I would think. Uh, it's but, a literal hailstorm. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I've I've seen a lot for sure. I mean, and we did a golf tournament for he was a professional baseball player, and on mm-hmm. one hole. So on one hole, you had to put on catching gear, okay, and putt. Nice. And then on another hole, you had you could use a bat. You had one person in your foursome had to use a bat. You had to throw the ball up in the air and hit it down the fairway. So you've got to have some hand-eye coordination and some skill. That's so anyway, it, yes, they were fun. Sometimes they got a little bit out of control. But i tell you one that I saw make – well, it made eighteen or twenty thousand dollars, you know, after the tournament was over, and that was a closest to the pin that was post tournament. So you had to pay to buy in. I think it was five hundred dollars or something like that, yeah. or I think it was cheaper. I think your first ball was like two hundred or two fifty, and every time you bought back in, you had to pay more. 
But the prize was, I forget what the prize was, but I know it was several thousand dollars. Wow. And so these guys are going after this, and it's like a trip somewhere or something. So you pay this money, and you were about 160 yards out over water, had to land it on the green, and whoever got closest to the pin wins, but you could keep buying in. Nice. So, I mean, it went on for a while, but I think they didn't care because they were making money. They're like, we're not stopping this thing. I don't. I mean, people can get frustrated, but we're up to eighteen or twenty grand. We're going to keep going. But that was a that one shocked me. I think you know quite a bit. But yeah, for sure. Longest drive I've seen the straightest drive where you run a string down the fairway. Gosh, I've seen. We we do a lot of hole in one contests over here. That's always yeah. a popular one. Again, another sponsorship. You guys provide the insurance for that? Is that yeah? Part? So we have a couple of different packages, and we work directly with the insurance company, so the organizer doesn't even have to bother with it. But yeah, that's a very popular one. I've even seen a a hole in one contest where they cut multiple holes on the green, so your chance of getting a hole in one was actually greater, and that led people to buy more entries into it the day of. Obviously, your insurance costs will go up because their chance of getting a hole in one is more likely. Right. But still fun for the golfer and, and raises more money. That is a good idea. I like that. I've also seen like one where you can pay to have a pro drive for you. There was one in a yeah. recent golf tournament we did, and this was cool and embarrassing at the same time, but apparently he was like the Colorado high school golf champion, and it was a par three. And so we could pay to have him like take a tee shot, and we could use his shot if we wanted to or not. And I'm thinking, why would we need your shot? <laughs> <laughs> and when he put it within two feet of the hole, I realized why we had to pay him a hundred bucks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a good one too. We had one as a par three is kind of like a beat the pro, but the yeah. pro was stationed on that hole, that par three the entire time. And he would play it every single time. And if your group could beat him, well, you would pay and you'd be entered in for a, a drawing for a prize or whatnot. But again, you know, it gets kind of engages people's competitive side, see if they can team up and, and beat the pro, but that's always a fun one too. It's a blast. They really are. So, And there's a million of them. So I'm sure people listening to this podcast probably have even more. The only recommendation I would give is don't – I mean, you can do one on every hole, but just be careful at how complicated these get because they can slow things down quite a bit, and I've seen that. But outside of that, I mean, it's it's not just that they generate extra revenue. They really do, especially if you've got some really competitive golfers out there that are going to drop four, five, six, seven hundred dollars $700 to try to win something. Oh, yeah. It Golf, works. Golfers are a competitive bunch. So But they but they're fun. Yeah. Right. I mean that's the other thing. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well this has been an awesome chat. I mean, is there any final parting thoughts that you have? You know, definitely tell people how to find you guys. Yeah. You know, and then in terms of, you know, kind of what services you provide. I know you, you mentioned the software, but if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you guys provide a lot of advice as well about how to get this thing going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we obviously we're, we're the golf tournament experts, so we have a lot of people who have experience running events. We even have PGA pros on staff that have experience working on the ground at the facility itself, so they can tell you what to expect on that side of things and offer advice in that area. But yeah, our, our platform provides a custom event website where you can drive all your golfers, sponsors, collect straight cash donations through it as well. And then our tournament management software, which is the back end, that's going to be the big time saver for the tournament organizer. It does all those golf-specific tasks, you know, your whole assignments, your pairings. That's where the scoring is done. And then you can easily download all of your custom printouts you'll need. That's what the golf course staff will need. So your scorecards, card signs, your alphabetical list of names, whole assignment sheet, all that stuff that takes so much time to put together is done instantly once you've got those names in the platform. And then 
the the live scoring is really cool, elevates the event, but also speeds up that you know results process at the end of the tournament. Yeah. And then the the sponsorship opportunities our events can take advantage of and leverage as well. Uh, you know, we're seeing some events bring in you know anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars in extra revenue when they're kind of leveraging these areas that we have for them. And then you know, we have the hole in one contest, custom flags, but we have a lot of connections with a lot of vendors that provide things to golf events that we don't. We vetted these vendors, making sure they're they're really good to do business with. So we're happy to make those those introductions as well. And the last thing I'll plug from our end is just our support. So we don't charge anything for our support. You get a dedicated client success rep assigned to you to work with you from start to finish. They'll be at your constant beck and call. And then if anyone needs immediate assistance, we've got a, a live chat we monitor seven days a week. All of our support team is in-house with us, so it's not outsourced. So you're talking to someone who lives with our software every day, and we'll be there with you from, from start to finish. Will they help me with my golf swing? No. That's the only thing. Well, you know, we have some PGA professionals. I think they give some lessons on occasion. So if you come out to Nebraska, maybe they'll, they'll book a lesson Let's with you and help fix that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love it. Hey, you know what? And we partner with you guys, and we absolutely appreciate your partnership. You guys have been amazing. Our All we get is rave reviews about your support and your technology. So I know that if you guys are considering running a golf tournament, you definitely need to give Golf Status a look and get them signed up. So anyway, this has been uh, yep, this has been awesome. Logan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll be back soon with another episode of Elevate Your Event. Until then, happy fundraising. <laughs>